that's a growler. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and mountain rise the movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howith. I'm Kearney Steele. And with us again on this Tuesday is Chris Brayton. Welcome. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> so formal. Welcome back. It's, ne- it's never ending story. You gotta, you gotta bring the thunder, bring the lightning. Yeah, you feel like you have to have to have that old timey fantasy, yeah, like speech. I should be coming in like this. Greetings to you, good Thomas <laughs> and Lady Tierney. Good morrow to you, or I don't know, whatever it is that people. Th- Sir Chris, doff your hat to minute 36, which beginneth with the shell mountain rising from the deep, and it ends with Bastian's words, that's impossible! Inconceivable. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, growing up, whenever people would try to pronounce my name, I would always tell them, it's like old English, Thomas, howeth art thou? (laughs) Made things a lot easier. People understood then. And then they then they pantsed you and threw you in a trash can, right? For... <laughs> exactly. Aww. Yes. With hey. Yeah. My my maiden name is Tierney Steel, and man, people don't mess with you when that's. Oh, your are you name, related to the so the Steel I, Empire guys? The 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 other podcasters? Totally. No, oh. I am technically a Callahan now, but well, I was a Steel. That's what I'm uh, I was just wondering because there's a there's a, a D no. podcast called Steel Empire. And I was just curious if maybe, like, you're an offshoot of the family. <laughs> no, I, um... Podcasting in their blood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I, like, you know, they sent things out into the universe and the butterfly waves reached me and was like, you know what you should do? Podcasting, kid. But, no, I mostly just want to someday do a show with Steel Saunders so that it can be the most confusing thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we can line that up still. We'll is his see. middle name yeah. Tierney? We'll, we'll say, but it should be. <laughs> that would be amazing. But I, I've got a last name for a first name. It's all confusing all the time, but that's all right. At least uh, I just want to say hello to you because people listening might not realize we are both in the... Double vowels in the middle of the name. Oh, <laughs> you're right. We, Steel and Brady. You, yeah, yes. I am S T W L E. Yeah, the, the double A has screwed people up for my entire life. So, uh, did you go to the cl- the the double vowel club last week, or did you miss it? You know, I was really busy. Yeah. I didn't have a chance to go, but we, I have to bring snacks next time. So I gotta yeah, you gotta make, make it. Here. We updated the handshake and 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 everything. So. Oh, don't no, sh- oh wait 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 we're not supposed to tell. <laughs> I feel so oh, left Tom- out. No wait, sh- <laughs> I'm ostracized. Hey, Thomas, edit this part out because because no one's supposed to know about the secret the secret double vowel club. <laughs> you know who else feels all alone is Atreyu on top of this mountain. So if if we look at him, he does this knee shake like he's trying to learn how to dance like Elvis <laughs> as the mountain rises. <laughs> He's doing his best, and I'm very concerned about his safety because he, like, the branch breaks, he's flopping around, he flips as he starts sliding down, and I honestly don't know how he only got injured twice in the filming of this movie, unless we think that's a double. Yeah, he's all right. I actually have an answer for you. It is definitely a double. Okay. Um, Some information about this scene. First of all, that's the weakest branch I've ever seen in my life. 
Uh, <laughs> well, it's already off. dead. I mean, yeah, but it snaps like it's nothing, and he should know better. He's a hunter. Um, aside from that, though, this hill that they're using is actually something similar to a water slide. Um, it's like ten meters high, and they basically had to hand carry the mud up to the top for every shoot. And slide it down so that they can make this effect look real. Um, with the tossing and turning going down, Wolfgang deci- uh, decided that it was too dangerous to have Atreyu actually do it himself. Mm-hmm. So they looked for a guy named Bobby Porter, who was a famous stunt person who was of a size with Noah Hathaway. They actually ended up flying him in directly from America. Wow. Um, as quickly as possible to, to come in and do this like on the spot without any kind of rehearsal or anything, just so that <laughs> Noah wouldn't get hurt. He was the only person they could find that realistically looked like Noah's age. Well, and to be fair, he's muddy and moving. So it's, yes. it's easy to, dis- it's easier to disguise than some And the long sense. hair helps as well. Yeah. But I love that. I was very concerned for his safety because he's been through a lot this this swamp of sadness shoot. I was always super jealous of him as a kid with him sliding down. Like that looks like so much fun. Like every time, like what? You just yeah, exactly. I just well, I'm jealous of everybody in this movie as a kid. I mean, I don't know if you guys had. <laughs> did you guys have jealousy issues as a kid when like you would see somebody in a movie? Oh, of you course. Just, like the people, I don't. The only people I hated more than the kids in the Neverending Story. Were the kids that were on like Double Dare or Allegedly Hidden Temple? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like if I like my little my little seven year old brain was just pure unadulterated hatred for those kids for being in there. So, <laughs> oh, I had a whole strategy for when I got on Gut someday. Oh yeah, I Guts, was ready for the, the Agro Crag. Agro Crag's oh yeah, Agro Crag's kind of like Morla the Ancient One. Kind of like it, <laughs> but but every time Less he muddy, though. every time he slid down, I just like man, that looks like fun. I mean, I know I probably would have died, but it still looked like yeah, a lot of fun. Flip, the flipping didn't look quite as fun. Yeah, the flipping looks painful. And it actually, now that you're saying that, I'm realizing how much this reminds me of in uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. When they're like sliding in the mud. Uh, you know what? It always reminded me of Princess Bride when they were rolling down the hill. That's actually what it Falling down the hill? Yeah. <sighs> the only difference is there you can clearly tell that's a stunt double. Yes. And it's the same stunt double for both people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're good at something, they, they did a be- they did a slightly better job disguising it here. <laughs> if you're good at something, never do it for free. So they actually used they actually used a couple of the shots of him sliding down multiple times, and they used the same area a couple times. If you look at like second from fifteen on, it like repeats the same thing twice, and you're supposed to not oh. notice. <laughs> but I will say. When he gets down to the bottom and we see the mountain, like, fully revealed, it has that line for what was under the muck and what's been up in the air. And, like, this is great design. So it's just that, you know, like you said, it's, what, 10 meters, 10 feet tall? Like, there's only so much space. They're working with what they have. But, like, it's the same thing we talked about earlier with the bat and Nighthub and all that stuff of... They did not skimp on the design of this movie. No. He used all the tricks available to him mm-hmm. to make sure it looked as real as possible for anybody watching it. I already suspended a whole bunch of disbelief going into this movie. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm good. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're on to one of my 
favorite moments that made me write in my notes, Team Noah Hathaway forever. Um, I think Wolfgang Peterson is insane. He crawls through the mud, he climbs a tree, he is disgusting, and then he hits the mark of seeing Morla for the first time. He's yeah. amazing. I don't he know is. what was going on. Who is not Team Noah Hathaway right now? <laughs> I'm I'm just pretty happy that he's finally actually covered in mud. This is what I've been waiting for. I mean, he was almost chest deep in it before, and now he's actually covered in mud. I'm I'm happy. Well, I can go on with my life knowing he's that he finally to... sufficiently dirty for you. Yes, exactly. That's <laughs> it. Just doesn't he? You know, he's just he's a good hero, so nothing sticks to him. That's what ends up. You know, you got to come out squeaky clean and looking shiny. Uh, yeah, he. <laughs> Second forty-one. We finally get our first clear view of Morla. They, they did a fantastic job with this design. The eyes. Oh. I mean, no one. I, I've never forgotten these eyes my whole life. <laughs> How many puppeteers do you think are involved in Morla? <laughs> I mean, it, it's got to be so many. A lot. I mean, yeah, it's got to be so many. Because if oh. I remember correctly, for for something like um, for just like a, a job of the hut, I mean, you had a person just for the eyes. So I'm sure it was a similar process uh, for Jabba as as Morla, but uh, gosh, so much facial expression on this puppet. It's in, it's it is unbelievably incredible. Oh. She is she is fantastic. She's just a, a the she voice, is so good. the voice, the lip movements, just everything going on in that face. You you see every emotion that you expect to see on a human face, but coming from this incredibly designed creature it's a it's it truly is one of the best scenes in the movie like hands yeah. down i fully agree so no one's first reaction was to scream not m- maybe when i was a kid i don't remember no! exactly but <laughs> and the way he's bash you this is not the right reaction to oh, what's happening here i double dare you to freeze it on second 43 this may be oh, the God. image for the episode <laughs> Him, oh him screaming always weirded me out. Like it, I could talk about just him because one, it it shows like wait, he's affecting the story like for real. That's the first time you you get the first real glimpse that he's affecting it in the middle of it. Yeah. So like yes. it's an incredibly important minute. Like this might be one of the most important minutes of the movie. Like because it because sh- it shows. Agree. I feel so special because it shows like how how much <laughs> Bastion is actually affecting the book itself and so you get that first glimpse that it's not just a story but it's just such an odd reaction i've never screamed while reading a book and and i have a pretty vivid imagination so i just i've always felt like it should have been for him it should have been something like instead of him screaming out of fear it should have been him being like a sound of like excitement or surprise or something. I don't know. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, because I've gasped while reading a book, but I've never screamed Absolutely. while reading a book. You're right. I wonder if it's just the the reality of the book seeping into the real world, just like he's seeping into the book. That. You know, maybe the reality has just become so intense that he had to have this this visceral reaction. Well, then come to on, it. Bastion, buck up, dude. Mm. Be like your dad. Chug your eggs. <laughs> chug your eggs, and then just and then uh. just. Be man up! Come Thank on, Bastion. you so much, Chris, for bringing up Orange Julius. That was a good Tiri's <laughs> reaction was, was 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 quite good. It's gross. It, those, oh. I'm glad you guys are enjoying those, this. Those eighties, uh, 
those eighties dads and what they would eat and drink. It's it's amazing. And here's the my, health fads of the eighties left something to be desired. <laughs> there's no way that Major Dad would ever name his kid Bastion. There's just no way that Major Dad would do that. <laughs> it is But Moonchild might. Moonchild would Major Dad wouldn't even Ugh. Major Dad would never marry someone named Moonchild. That's yeah, I want that so, backstory. Where is that prequel, George Lucas? Like, like is he? It, you know, it makes me think of that. Was he one of like the soldiers that were like at that one university that were like gonna gun down the students, and she's the one that put the put the the flower into the barrel of the gun, and then like they fell in love. Is that is, <laughs> is that what this is? Is that what this? And they created Bastion, the most vividly imagined. It makes me think of that show, Dharma and Greg, yes. where he was like oh. a button-up suit guy and she was a hippie. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Why did that get that it. reaction to you? And they, and they had a child and they named him Bastion. Yeah. Yes. I didn't watch Dharma and Greg, but I know the premise. And I was like, that that works. That could be the answer. I'm I'm here to satisfy your needs, Jamie. Major dad. Just like I've said before. Major dad. I will, I will sate your curiosity. Major Dad wouldn't scream at Morlo the Ancient One. He wouldn't <laughs> no. scream. Oh, He'd just be like, huh. Do you do you think Bastion yeah. was more afraid of the math test or more afraid of Morla? Because like both, Well, he didn't both scream so when he found out about the math That's test. True. He did run he ran away. Fast, though. <laughs> he may have been too out of breath to scream. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed to be a much pudgier because... Bastion looks. It, I I don't want to share it because my brother's not here. But Bastion uh, at that age looks exactly like my brother. Like it's actually almost creepy. Like how much they Aww. look alike. At that, they had that same like kind of poofy haircut. You know that like that eighties kid <laughs> poofy haircut. And yeah, uh, but I it's shocking how much they look alike. Especially so when does they that cry. mean that you like, more resemble the book Bastion? Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know yeah, what no, the book yeah, Bastion he's, is? He's, he's real, tr- he's real he's, chunky. He's super athletic. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's not a, he's not a good looking chap right. like yeah. Ruby Bastion. Well, you imagine, you know, just like in real life, whenever somebody's bio gets written into a movie, they get somebody that looks nothing like them and a lot better than them normally to play the part. So yeah, <laughs> my life, my life's already been casted. I have two people that I look exactly alike and they usually get casted as brother, as younger versions of each other. So, like, I'm good to go. Really? Yeah, every time I either get, I now that I'm getting older, I'm getting, it's John Goodman. I always get, oh, you look like John Goodman. And I do. I do look like him. And I sound like him, obviously. Hmm. And then the other one, his name's Abraham Ben Ruby. And he usually plays, uh, like, back in the 80s, he would play a younger version of John Goodman. So, <laughs> that's basically who I, that's who I look like. And sound like the whole biopic. Yeah, I'm good to go. So, (laughs) so what do you guys think of Fantasia's reaction to Bastion? I love Atreus dramatic looking around, and then his "huh," like I died laughing when he did that. Well, it's kind of like. Do you think all of Fantasia heard that, or just these two? Ooh, that's a good question. All of Fantasia, because it like echoes out over the land. Yeah, I think it, my favorite part of that is that like Morla and Atreyu kind of share like this moment where like they both kind of look at each other like, huh. <laughs> and they just like, like a knowing nod to each other. That's, That's weird. weird. Isn't that, isn't that fellow <laughs> Fantasian? So it, <laughs> I've always, I've always, they've, they share a moment and then they can build off that. But they get over it really yes. quick. Like, so you get, did talk <laughs> about this being the most, one of the most important moments in the story. And I just want to point that out a little bit. Bastion just read 
they heard a voice scream out no and he's trying to come to terms with that at the end of this minute and that's why he said that's impossible he actually got to read they heard a young boy scream no and he's like what (laughs) that's impossible it's you know it's a it's his luke skywalker moment and he's so in the next minute, spoiler alert, he, he jumps off of into Cloud City and just floats down without a hand. Well, see, it's this, really weird. This might be so. kind of like ring theory because we did just have Atreyu falling. So it's ah. like this is backwards from the actual movie, just like ring theory kind of reverses a little bit. Star Wars minute. I had to say, sorry, I was getting distracted because I was trying to find the page because I was like, this is different from the book. And it's really different from the book. And it actually answers my question of, like, why Bastion has this reaction, which makes no sense to Morla. Because in the book, he doesn't scream when he sees Morla. He screams when he sees a giant spider made up of other bugs. Well, he probably... Yagramul? Yeah, Yagramul. He probably screamed. And a cry of fear escaped him. A cry of terror passed through the ravine and echoed from side to side. Yagrimul turned her eye from left to right to see if someone else had arrived. Yeah. He probably screamed because he's like, no, Trey's hair is messed up. (laughs) No. He'll never get that mud out. His hair hair was so silky smooth. No. (laughs) So you brought up Yagrimul. Um, There are two big scenes that from the book that people were really disappointed that didn't make it into the movie simply because they didn't think they had the technology to do it. Yagramul is one of those because <laughs> yes, Yagramul is one of those because she wasn't really a spider. She was a creature made up of many, many little creatures until they formed into a big creature. Do you and, want the paragraph? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. It's uh, the full name is Yagramul the many, an enormous spider stretched from a uh, spider web stretched from edge to edge of the deep chasm. The battle between the two giants was fearsome. The luck dragon was still defending himself, spewing blue fire that singed the cloud monster's bristles. Smoke came whirling through the crevices. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to get the point that it's a huge battle. Once the luck dragon managed to bite off one of the monster's long legs, but instead of falling into the chasm, the severed leg hovered for a time in midair, then returned to its old place in the black cloud body. And several times the dragon seemed to seize one of the monster's limbs between its teeth, but bit into the void. Only then did Atreyu notice that the monster was not a single solid body, but was made up of innumerable small steel-blue insects which buzzed like angry hornets. It was their compact swarm that kept taking different shapes. This was Yagramul, and now Atreyu knew why she was called the Many. Wonderful, yeah. That, that was. Uh, yeah, they're in- not doing that in this movie. <laughs> not in 1984. <laughs> yep. Man, if so, that's what they should have had in the sequel. It's just like all the things they couldn't do, and had it be like a companion piece. And just like... Well, here's what we wish we could have done, but nah, we're going to give you these like weird egg monsters for a tray. It does. It does as much as it would destroy my, not, I can't say it would destroy my childhood, but as much as it would hurt my heart, I would love to see this movie done now with the full book instead of just half the book, just to see what Mm. they would do. I would even like to see it maybe a animated short series or something like that. It just be such different pacing. Yeah, the mo- the yeah. movie is so well movie. done, uh, and they did they do. I mean, watching it now with a more critical eye, it still looks so good. I can't see them really improving it. There's certain movies. I'm not an anti remake guy or an anti reboot guy. I'm fine if it's done on the right movie. Um, but this one, I just I can never see them improving it. You know, like there's no. Uh, 
not, they're not going to get anything out of it that they couldn't get out of this movie. I right. like, yeah, there's those type of scenes, but like, why? Why do you need to add it in? It's really good as is. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, it, ha- it would have to be, so- if they ever did remake this movie, it'd have to be someone that was such an insanely huge fan of the, of the original and a love. You need someone like a Peter Jackson to do it. Someone who, like, what he, you could tell that every ounce of his soul went into Lord of the Rings. And, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. he, it was a love. You couldn't get someone like a Tim Burton to do it. Nah, I don't care no, about no, source no. material. Here's some creepy people with white, with white makeup on. <laughs> right. So, like, you, you couldn't, you gotta get someone who was just absolutely 100% in love with this from. So, in Second 39, where we have. Mortal is staring at us and a tree up in the tree. Tierney, I want to point out to you that this is actually just like the set of the beginning when Rockbiter was on the scene. Mm-hmm. This is two separate screens. This is a, a green screen and uh, a set with a tree on it. It's just mm-hmm. a tree in a tree. And he's looking at a green screen that's actually got this, having this uh, added in later with Mortal being on there where they filmed her. Well, that just makes the fact that he's hitting his mark so well more impressive. Exactly. There's probably some big <laughs> dot up on the screen like, look yeah. here. <laughs> I like it. I mean, hats off to oh. Matt, Matt artist, right? Matt painting artist. Oh, gosh. Hats off to those people. <laughs> I, I wish mean, you would have heard just, our Matt especially love. Especially in this minute, or in this movie. Blah. Yeah. You should have heard yeah, our I Matt mean, love like, when we first got to the Ivory Tower. <laughs> <laughs> they just, I, I mean, everything that those people do for movies is and they still are it's not as much as as it used to be obviously because i mean with the amount of cgi and, and, and blue screen and green screen or whatever they don't need it as much mm-hmm. but it's still you still do need it and my gosh it used to be i wouldn't you just kill somebody to get some of these paintings to put up Definitely. somewhere i mean because some of them are quite small you know for ones for like star wars and things this one mm-hmm. obviously you know you would have i mean who knows where they are hopefully somebody has them and they love them and <laughs> treasure them so after you're done with this yeah, podcast, like you, you should make a, take a journey to Germany to, to, to ride on top of the, the original. <laughs> I've heard they actually do museum. have some of the sets still so, at Bavaria studios where this was filmed too. I'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> Heck, I would even go up to Vancouver to see where they filmed the city scenes <laughs> and get your, what was it? Like a steak for three bucks or whatever. Exactly. It was. I wish. <laughs> My brother, uh, my brother lives in Vancouver or outside of it. And Vancouver is a lovely town and this is very clean. And they do, it's the town that they live in this little area called, um, Steveston, uh, which is a little outside of Vancouver. And it's where they film, um, Once Upon a Time, the TV show. Yes. And, uh, so it's funny. You'll go there and you'll see people just leave the props up <laughs> for the showing, but they basically <laughs> have to pay everybody X amount of dollars a week to kind of clear out. Of their of their studios, but they're not the only. They film tons of stuff there, so they're so Vancouverites and people around or Vancouverans. Vancouverines. Hmm. What's someone from Vancouver? Uh, Vancouverines. I know the famous people always have like Van City and then their name for they, their you know what it is? and they're, stuff. They're, they're uh, Vancouverinos. That's what they are. <laughs> I like that. And uh, but they're just so used to having to wait for people to film there. That it's it's actually they're pretty fun. It's pretty funny uh, to talk to them about it. Like yeah, eh, it's just normal. This one's just filming at my house for some. <laughs> Anytime reason. they want to so, bring that back to Wilmington, North Carolina, is fine by me. That's where my grandmother-in-law lives when we go visit, and I just geek out so badly because that's where 
a lot of movies and WB TV shows filmed. Oh, really? So I'll, it looks so familiar that I'm like, oh, yeah, because this was, that, you know, I, I, I don't mind. I guess the uh, coffee place I go to at one point was used a lot in One Tree Hill, which I didn't watch. And I'm kind of glad that I can just go get coffee whenever the heck I feel like it now. Shows but the worst. Anytime they want to bring back more it. filming, just let me know. Uh, I... I'd give it a try, except that I'm a completionist and it's a lot of seasons. So I'm just not ready to commit to it yet. So you have commi- you have commitment issues? She, no, she doesn't. She's married. She's doing I'm good just, with commitment. I'm just messing around. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Only when it comes any- to shows that ran for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any other notes for this minute? Can't you tell from our discussion of One Tree Hill? Well, if you guys are all done with this minute, um, I'm looking forward to finding out what exactly Bastion thinks is impossible. But <laughs> that's, that's another, another story. story. <laughs> oh, that was my cue. I wasn't ready. No. You can do it. You can I do, do it. it. That's my, that was my moment. That shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.